Welcome to another Tyrius Cast. I'm Jim McGregor, and I'm joined today by my colleagues Kevin Crewell and Francis Sadeco. Normally, we would be discussing all the Apple announcements this week. The news was really stolen by NVIDIA. On Sunday, NVIDIA announced plans to acquire IP vendor Arm from SoftBank in a $40 billion deal that sent shockwaves through the entire industry. Now, we're going to try to cover this in 15 minutes or less through a quick rundown. We'll see how successful we are here. All right, so this is Kevin here. So now, if you aren't familiar with ARM, they sell CPUs, GPUs, and other types of processing cores and intellectual property that basically feeds the entire silicon ecosystem for the development of chips. The ARM technology is so pervasive that it's difficult to think of a single application that does not use ARM technology. As a result, billions, that's billions would it be, of chips every year ship with ARM IP. In fact, millions of chips ship every day just for both automotive and smartphone applications. And remember, 100% of all smartphones use ARM IP. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason why this is so impactful is because the list of companies using ARM is basically a who's who of the semiconductor equipment and product OEM community. This includes leading technology companies like Apple, AMD, Facebook, Google, Huawei, Intel, LG, I'm running out of breath here, uh, MediaTek, Microchip, NXP, Qualcomm, Samsung, Samsung, ZTE, and of course, NVIDIA. Wow, we really need to keep putting lists like that together for Francis <laughs> to see how long he can go. I need to work out first. <laughs> okay, so let's break this down, guys. You know, first off, you know, why is SoftBank selling one of the shining stars in its portfolio? Kevin, you want to take that one? I'll take it. Uh, I think they need the money. Uh, SoftBank's portfolio has not been doing well, and I think it's a situation where they need to recoup their investment. And you got to think about one thing. SoftBank bought ARM four years ago for $31 billion and is now selling it for $40 billion. That's a twenty, roughly a 25% return on investment over a four-year period, that is not, especially considering what the stock market has done over that time frame overall, not a great investment. So there is definitely a consideration here that SoftBank needed to make the sale happen soon and being flexible on terms. That said, SoftBank is also, as part of the deal with NVIDIA, taking a number of shares of NVIDIA. So hopefully, for SoftBank's point of view, they can make additional money off improvements in NVIDIA stock price over time. Yeah, Kevin, I mean, you mentioned it wasn't a, a great investment. It's actually, if you delved a little deeper into it and break down that $40 billion in cash, it's actually a little bit worse because, okay, yes, yeah, so you have about uh, $33.5 billion in stock and cash, but $5 billion of that is an earn out that ARM will need to, to earn out. And the other $1.5 billion is equity to ARM employees, probably for retention and making sure you got key individuals staying on board. So it's actually probably the numbers, when you really break it down, are actually not as great of a return as even what you had mentioned. Yeah, but guys, don't forget that SoftBank is getting more than just money out of this. A couple of its investments in the company in terms of data acquisition and management and software development were recently transferred over from ARM to SoftBank. So they are still getting some technology transfer out of this that they're keeping. 
Oh, absolutely. And as Kevin mentioned, they have a, I think it's less than 10%, but it's still a major stakeholder position in the new company. So what does the acquisition mean to the two companies, NVIDIA and ARM? I mean, this is, I mean, these are two companies with ARM mostly focused on, I mean, they ship billions of units, but the vast majority of them are on small embedded type and consumer electronic applications, while NVIDIA has been charging ahead in data center applications. So what's this mean to both these companies? Well, from ARM's point of view, I guess the key thing is they have a company in NVIDIA that believes in R&D investment and is also moving in a long-term program towards AI as a pervasive technology. I think that may help ARM, but at the same time, my, my biggest concern has been on that microcontroller side. That's not a focus for NVIDIA in general. I think that the idea of adding more intelligence to microcontrollers makes a lot of sense. That's what ARM has been you know, moving towards as well. And maybe this accelerates that. Uh, so from that point of view, from a roadmap point of view, I think that's helpful for ARM. It will certainly also allow you know, ARM to incorporate some of NVIDIA's IP into its portfolio. And uh, you know, NVIDIA's portfolio in machine learning and, and in graphics is, you know, is very high up there in terms of acceptance and pervasiveness. So it's, you know, that certainly could help ARM's portfolio as well. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think ARM gets uh, an infusion of investment. SoftBank did invest in them, but I think NVIDIA is going to step that up even more. And on NVIDIA's side, it's really more of a breadth and reach into wider portions of the ecosystem that NVIDIA before this really didn't have access to. And if they do it right, potentially a high margin engine within their business that I think is going to be even more high margin than their, than their chip business. Well, let me just make a point, though, that ARM has not been extremely profitable of late. If you look at their financials, they're not as profitable as they probably should be. Maybe this is something that uh, NVIDIA will focus more on, on the profitability of the ARM business. I agree. The potential is there. I think it's incumbent upon them to actually reap the benefits of that potential. NVIDIA, I, I think, is the bigger winner here because NVIDIA now has, as I call it, a touch point to just the entire silicon ecosystem. So there is no part of the business of building chips that NVIDIA will not have a, a you know a, a finger in that pie. And that really is a you know a huge change for the for nvidia They're, they've been known as a you know like i said the data center company but as a graphics company but now with arm they touch everybody they're ubiquitous you know i like that point kevin one of the key things for me that stood out here was the fact that one of the markets that nvidia really wants to go after is automotive and think about it arm is the dominant architecture for automotive mostly through other companies like nxp st micro microchip Renesas, stuff like that but still mm -hmm. i mean this gives them a huge knowledge base just for automotive applications well that's complicated because now they compete you know nvidia competes with those uh, companies in that arm ecosystem in automotive so that's where i think some of the awkwardness of nvidia as a competing chip company owning the ARM IP starts to play in. How does Qualcomm will feel about this? How will NXP, Renaissance, ST Micro all feel about the key architecture that they're using owned by a competitor? Yeah, a byproduct of this too is not to, aside from the technology, the reach in the ecosystem that you mentioned, imagine the, the market intelligence they're gonna get 
uh, just from understanding who's doing what through the IP business. So that's going to be another concern for the existing licensees and the competitors as well. Well, in terms of like unit chips and that, I think a third party will probably audit those types of issues for royalties. But yeah, they'll be deeply involved in all this one way or the other. Well, and there's also, it's interesting because I was talking to a couple reporters this week on it. And there's some unknown synergies between these two companies. I mean, one of the things is the fact that there's key management personnel within ARM, such as Renee Haas, who's over the entire product development, who came from NVIDIA. So, I mean, these aren't two completely foreign companies to each other. And NVIDIA is a key licensee of ARM technology as well. Yeah, and also SoftBank had invested in NVIDIA in the past. I think from that point of view, yeah, all the, the management team at ARM, SoftBank, and NVIDIA are fairly comfortable with each other. And that's, I believe, one of the key factors in why NVIDIA got this deal with uh, SoftBank. But that's not to say this is a done deal. I mean, obviously they all have agreement on it, but you know, there's bubbling that there could be a, some companies could come up with a heating bid. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if that does show up, especially the companies that are less than happy with a competitor owning the RMIP. Well, that kind of brings us to our next topic, and that's what's the impact of the acquisition on everybody? Or who does it impact? Uh, the short answer is everybody. <laughs> it, it, I, there really is very few companies that will escape this deal one way or the other. You know, maybe AMD is the least impacted in the short term. They do use ARM technology, their licensee for the trust zone and for the security processor. But it's, it's still a relatively small part of the AMD chip design portfolio. And, you know, AMD Epic processors do compete with ARM processors in uh, the server and hyperscale data centers. But it's still uh, that's small part of the business. And I think that's maybe AMD's the least impacted at the moment. I don't know. But everybody else, I think, is. And I think there's probably some less obvious impacts as well. I know, Kevin, you've talked a lot about the risk architecture that maybe you, you could expand on that. But even potentially universities like Cambridge, we know there's a president there with NVIDIA having worked with University of Florida on a supercomputer. And that was one of the major items that Jensen was talking about with creating a, an AI supercomputer in the town of Cambridge at ARM, but yeah, you could envision that university over there will have some impact, whether it's just, you know, maybe increased hiring into the into the community or into the company, but potentially even something like what they did with University of Florida. Very true. I think that's, you know, it's not in writing, but it's certainly a promise that NVIDIA would invest in the Cambridge area, build a uh, AI supercomputer, and that I think would appeal to the uh, UK government that uh, to help get the deal approved to show that Cambridge would still be the center of the ARM development universe, and that's it was clear that that was something that Nvidia wanted everybody to understand and wanted the UK government to understand that they were not going to move the ARM ecosystem development work out of Cambridge. Along with that was the promise of also creating a startup incubator in the UK. And I think that's an interesting adder. Clearly, as you said, there was a goal to alleviate uh, UK government concerns. Yeah, and let's not forget the competition here. I mean, NVIDIA competes heavily uh, on graphics side with AMD. So will having ARM give them a leg up? That's a possibility in the future. We don't know yet. Obviously, there's expertise in graphics on both sides. NVIDIA has a very 
competitive relationship with Intel, even though they do work together. Now this gives them potentially competing CPU architecture to compete head-on with Intel in certain areas. Not to mention other architectures that compete with ARM, like RISC-V. Yeah, RISC-V is a particularly interesting topic because that could be a go-to alternative to ARM. And certainly in the microcontroller space, the Cortex-M family, RISC-V has made some inroads, but it's still fairly nascent in that regard. I think there's still work to be done in the RISC-V ecosystem to make it a little more mature. But we've also seen that one of the leading, in fact, the leading probably RISC-V vendor, which is Sci-5, uh, just invested to a new CEO and president, Patrick Little, who came out of Qualcomm most recently. And so they're getting a deeper investment in money. So I think we're seeing a situation where RISC-V is getting close to stepping up to a more competent and complete competitor to ARM. And this, certainly this is something that will be a concern that the vendor may start looking at RISC-V as an alternative. Now, certainly in the smartphone business, ARM has a lock. You can't avoid the ARM architecture if you're building a smartphone chip. And a number of other markets, it's actually the dominant architecture, like networking and such. So it take a long time for the industry to migrate away from ARM if they decide to do that. That would be a concern and something that NVIDIA needs to keep a close eye on as they try to close this deal. Well, and moving away from the architecture isn't their only option. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, we may see some of them step up with a competitive bid individually. We may see some of the other ARM licensees step up collectively with a collective bid to kind of keep them separate, like what Intel and Apple once did with Imagination for GPU technology. And don't rule out the regulatory environment because not only is that political, but Obviously, if somebody doesn't want the deal go through, they're going to lean very heavily on their constituents in Washington, D.C. to try to block the deal. Well, not just D.C. We're talking about the EU. We're talking about China. We're talking about Korea. It's, this is a worldwide issue. And I think especially considering that ARM is such a pervasive architecture and is important to so many ecosystems, there'll be a lot of scrutiny on this deal to make sure that NVIDIA has some guardrails to protect the ecosystem. I just want to make one other point. A lot of people ask me, well, why would NVIDIA want to buy ARM when they can just, you know, an ARM-based server processor themselves if they wanted to and take, a, you know, they have a license to do that. But this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for NVIDIA to own the most pervasive architecture on the planet. That is certainly something that I don't think any company would easily pass up on. And uh, rumors were that Apple passed up on it, but it's, you know, that is completely foreign to their business. But for NVIDIA, this was an opportunity to really step up and own the ecosystem, both the CPU, GPU, and have an impact on the entire ecosystem of chip building. So it's definitely a, uh, an opportunity for NVIDIA to, to really become a step to the world stage here. So I'll just put this out there. Based on this conversation, there's really two biggest concerns, right? How the licensees are going to take a potential competitor owning the IP and the licensing business. And then the other one is the regulatory concerns, right? And I'll just put this out there. Not a lot of people might agree with me, but it seems to me like there's already a precedent of a company that's doing exactly that uh, and has been pretty successful about it and has been able to overcome a lot of these challenges and that's Qualcomm, right? I mean, they have their chip business, they have their licensing business. They've done a great job of being able to share R&D, but being able to monetize it independently over those two different channels. 
And especially lately, after the recent validation of the business model from the appellate courts in the U.S., that could be a precedent on the regulatory side to point to that says, look, you can have an industry competitor also owning an open license capability and business. So I'll just put it out there, but you know, there's some parallels there if NVIDIA decide to potentially take a page out of Qualcomm's playbook. Don't rule out China here, too. I mean, we saw China basically delay the Qualcomm's acquisition of NXP until it died. But at the same time, we've seen China go ahead and allow acquisition of Chinese companies by Xilinx. So yeah. who knows what China's going to do? Yeah, <laughs> Qualcomm is exactly the model I look at as how this could work out. But what Qualcomm does a pretty, I mean, a really good job of is keeping the licensing business separate from the chip business. Although, you know, they're, uh, even though that they still have run into legal battles on their business side, so maybe deal closes, uh, Jensen's going to need to invest in some more lawyers. But Qualcomm has balanced it as well as anybody could. And I think that is, the, to my mind, the best model for NVIDIA going forward. Okay. Jim, you mentioned Qualcomm and Speed. That is one thing to look at is they've already, even on the get-go, NVIDIA had said this might take 18 months. It might actually take longer than that. And if it goes start getting past two years or more than two years, you might see what happened with Qualcomm and XP happen here too, because two years is a long time in this industry and a lot of things change. So, so we'll have to keep a close eye on that. Okay, so let's do a quick round robin here. Just give me a yay or nay, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever you want to do. Will this pass regulatory review? Francis? You started with the hard one. I don't know, man. That's a 50-50 to me. Yeah. Kevin? Uh, I think it all depends on the licensees and their whispering in the ear of the regulators. If the licensees are unhappy and they whisper bad things into the regulators, they're going to put the brakes on it. Or they'll put some limitations and bounding on the deal such that video would have to uh, maybe renegotiate. I don't know. I mean, there could be some, some limits on it. This was supposed to be a quick answer session. There is guess. no quick. There, there <laughs> is yes. no quick well, answer and, to this. And, That's and, why and, I said 50-50. Well, and, and quite honestly, we it all depends on what U.S. president we have after November. So I agree. I think it's 50-50. So is this good for the two companies? Kevin? Oh, it's definitely good for NVIDIA. No question about it. And I think it'll be good for ARM. NVIDIA will add significant direction to ARM and as well as a focus. And, you know, and, and NVIDIA is a driven company. It's not a relaxed, laid-back company. So... It's going to definitely charge ARM with some competitive influence from NVIDIA. Francis, is it good for the companies? Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, and is it good for the industry in the long term? Francis? Hmm, that one's a tough oh, one. Oh, come really on. Depends. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It, well, I, I'll, 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 I'll keep it short. It really depends on how good of a shepherd NVIDIA will be on this open licensing model and how well they convince the rest of the licensees of their ability to do that. So it could be. I mean, it's, it's like fire. It could be good. It could be bad if it's mishandled. I have nothing to add for what, exactly what Francis said. I agree with 100%. So a lot of uh, questions and, I guess, concern as well about this acquisition. Yeah. So, well, with that, I think it brings us to the wrap of another Tyrius cast. Please remember that Tyrius Research is a market research and advisory firm that provides custom research and advice to the entire high-tech ecosystem, from sensors to the cloud. 
This includes custom market sizing, product and company competitive analysis, M&A evaluations, product and corporate strategic planning, and marketing strategies. If you would like more information about Terius Research or inquire about our services, please contact us directly at kevin at terriusresearch.com, jim at terriusresearch.com, francis at terriusresearch.com, that's T-I-R-I-A-S research.com. You can also visit our website at www.teriusresearch.com. Please keep up with us on social media at Terius Research or at Crewell for Kevin Crewell at Tech Strategist, that's T-E-K Strategist for Jim McGregor and at F Sedeco for Francis Sedeco. Also look for our articles and podcasts wherein Forbes, EE Times, ECT News, and someday soon Microelectronics in Taiwan which will be in Mandarin Chinese. We also have white papers posted on our website. Also on our website is a link to our newsletter, and you can subscribe to the newsletter uh, through that link. Newsletter comes out roughly monthly, although I have to say I'm running late on that, and covers topics that we cover in these various articles. Also note that our Tyrius casts are now on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. Thank you for joining us. If you have any feedback on this Tyrius cast or recommendations for future Tyrius casts, please contact us directly at Kevin at TyriusResearch.com, Jim at TyriusResearch.com, or Francis at TyriusResearch.com. Thank you, and have a safe and wonderful day.